Hey everyone, welcome to the I Made a Thing podcast. Just want to give you a heads up that Rachel and I do get a little bit excited sometimes, so there might be some naughty words in this episode. So if you've got little ones in the car or, I don't know, maybe your ears have this weird tendency of like bleeding when swear words come out, maybe turn it down. Visibility, but also focus and doing nothing. Boredom. I'm going to smell some roses next year, I think. Hmm do like a bit of rose smelling. I don't normally get overly anxious with business, but I started to get really, really anxious. So as we were saying off air, 2019 was like super crazy for me, like in a good way, but also it's been like, it was my busiest, most successful yeah, um, to date and not just financially, but more so to do with like the opportunities and stuff that I, um, was getting and have been getting. So I don't know, I started off my year teaching at university. Um, so this year I taught over 150, um, students, fun times. And then because students don't take care of themselves, pretty much like business owners, um, there was like kind of a uh, small strand of like pneumonia. So it's called walking pneumonia. So it's nearly as bad as like going to hospital, but not quite as bad. And they all had it. Um, and then I caught it. So I was sick for most of end of, um, the most of Feb into um, March and then April. So yeah, I took on some of the largest corporate kind of clients that I'd had in a while with some really huge campaigns. And obviously I had pneumonia at that exact time. And then I had all these a hundred and something students that I had to um, take care of. So it kind of set my year up um, being a little bit sick and kind of having to push through it is the only word that I can explain. And that was not how I wanted to approach 2019. So from there, I then moved on to um, obviously launching this pod, which was super cool. Um, and then I did a rebrand, relaunched my website. I completely changed my business model and launched um, like a 12-week one-on-one coaching course. I recently just launched um, uh, my e-course. What else did I do? I also did heaps of international speaking gigs and I spoke at writers' festivals and that kind of stuff. So like a six-week speaking tour, which again, I did not plan for everything to be together, um, which I'll talk more about in a sec. I was also published in a book um lots of kind of started writing your own memoir started writing my own memoir properly um yeah I thought I should probably start you know writing it properly considering I was getting asked to speak about it speaking gigs um yeah so felt like a bit of a bit of a tool being like yeah my memoir that had totally been put on hold as well um this year and yeah just life stuff like my dad um is unwell with cancer so taking care of him and then my brother got married a few weeks ago. So just kind of like you, Soph, like life stuff as well as um, business stuff. So yeah, crazy year. Um, and I just felt like I couldn't keep up. I had planned well enough. So all the opportunities I got were fantastic, were exactly what I wanted. I was so focused. So the amount of work that I was able to get done in limited timeframes and when traveling stuff, I'm really, really proud of that. But it was just not any time for breathing like I was either working 12 hour days or I was asleep for six hours straight during the day because I was so exhausted then I'd get up the next day and have just enough energy to do like another 12 hour day 
Um, that's not how you should run business and not how I wanted to run it. And it's definitely not how I'm going to do 2020. But yeah, that was kind of my year in a nutshell. Crazy. Like, oh, did you talk about crazy. your rebrand as well and your new website? Yeah, like that in itself. Um, I literally flipped my entire business model, wrote, rewrote my entire copy, did my rebrand thanks to the help of obviously um, friends, family, peers, but mostly Kate who is incredible um, web designer, graphic designer who helped me through the entire process. She pretty much like saved my life um, as well as creating a new brand and website for me. And then I completely created an e-course and a coaching program all in three weeks. I'm not kidding. Um, and the reason why I decided to do that is because of this six-week speaking gig. So at the start of the year, I was like, oh, I'm just not going to make money during that period. Like whatevs, like I really want to speak and teach and stuff. And I was making a bit of money, but obviously I couldn't do one-on-one client work. Yeah, like I normally would. And then I kind of got to midway of the year. Um, I didn't get offered any teaching for university second semester, which was probably a blessing in disguise. And with the podcast and just everything seemed to ramp up, like people wanted me to do more speaking gigs, workshops. And I really thought about what I wanted and decided that I wanted to move into more of a thought leader position. I was like, this is crazy. If I want to do this work, I can't do one-on-one work anymore. I need to make the most of all of this hype that I'm getting and all of the traffic and referrals. So instead of doing one-on-one work, I need to actually give people something to do or, you know, a way to work with me. So yeah, decided to flip it in three weeks, which um, was really, really good. But again, didn't even have time to celebrate that yet. Yeah, I just then moved on to the speaking tour. Um, yeah, again, crazy. And you had some, you did have some fun times, obviously with Bali. You went to the Writers' Festival in Byron. Um, when you did your speaking tour, uh, you got to travel around Portland and check out some of the sites there as well. Uh, yep. Any highlights in terms of, some of those trips and more relaxing times as well. Um, trying to, well, actually I got to bring my partner, a little shout out to Sebi, the man behind the woman, as I always joke, that makes sure I literally eat um, and drink. And he's been incredible um, this year because I was literally sitting at my desk and I would forget to eat, um, which I, again, don't normally do. Like I really prioritize my health, but because I was sick, I wasn't hungry. And then obviously I was like exhausted and, it was just crazy. So he would literally put food in front of me and I would eat it. And I was so busy. <laughs> One time they came out, like, I was like, are we having dinner? And he's like, I already put it in front of you and cleared your plate. And I was like, oh, like I literally just ate or drunk whatever he put in front of me. And he's like, you're going to the gym now. I'm like, okay. And he would drive me to the gym. Um, so taking him on my business trips was really lovely. I one I needed his emotional um, support, I think, because I was just so tired. But two, we got to, yeah, drink a little bit, travel, meet people, experience new things and stuff. And it was really nice to share those experiences with somebody because often when I speak um, and do workshops, I don't get to share them with anybody. Like sure, I make friends like I did in Portland with the people who attended my workshop, etc. But it was kind of cool to share it with someone and not be exhausted or lonely kind of wandering the streets by myself. So that were definitely the highlights. And he finally, I think, understood what I was actually creating in terms of how much energy it took um what was needed and the support I needed like he's always been amazing but I don't think he realized actually what I was creating until a few weeks ago when he sat down and was like your year is being crazy and I think 
it's really nice to have people around you as you would know so like when you're going through all of this to have friends family members support you but also like like I said help you like help you spend time reflecting and eating well and stuff like that he was like yeah my rock the entire year go Seb what a ledge go Sebby yeah (laughs) it is a super hard thing to understand because it is so consuming even when you're trying to switch off when you're in those busy periods and I really like the idea of uh we've talked about this fair bit seasons in business and sometimes it's impossible to have you know the whole work life work-life balance and I know that's something Rachel doesn't really get on board with because there's going to be periods where you absolutely have to flog yourself to get the work done but it's balanced I guess if you want to use that word by then a slower season now both Rachel and I haven't had many slower seasons this year it's been pretty full-on for us for, for various reasons and then of course you throw in family uh stuff in there as well which kind of fills up any maybe slower parts but Rach, in terms of maybe what you've learned this year, it's been a key learning for you in terms of how you want to show up in 2020. I think you're right. Like the seasons, like I knew that I was in a really um, beautiful kind of creative season. And like, you know, if you imagine kind of the caterpillar in the shell and then coming out as a butterfly, like I don't think I've ever been so focused and so in tune of like who I am and my business. Like there's a really like just really nice balance. Like I feel like I can show up as me and it's exactly how I want to show up in business and things are going well and stuff. And so I think what I learned is, yeah, that's okay to have these seasons as long as there's an end date. And I knew that I wanted to get everything done this year because um, next year, like one of my priorities is my memoir, which takes a whole different brain space and reflection etc and I needed time to be able to do that and to also um, build my speaking profile which is another thing and so learning for me is that it's okay to have um, seasons but then you really need to stick to them like and stick to kind of your goals and priorities because it's so easy to then get off um, track again so like I said health is another thing for me this year because I just no matter what I did, I just couldn't get my health in check. And so I kind of felt out of balance within myself um, as a person. So for me next year, um, seasons sticking to it, but also more time in between stuff, which again is to do with seasons. You know, like now I'm kind of in the reaping season. Like I've sowed all of these seeds. I've put everything in place. Now I'm like literally sitting back and seeing people like enroll in my um, e-course and I'm getting money and no it is not passive money I nearly killed myself to put my e-course together but you know I can take a day off like I was saying before and not feel guilty because you know my coaching clients are going so well like you said so if you know our clients are getting great results um I'm feeling good and getting my health in order I can do my creative projects like focus on my memoir um you know I can go like last Friday I went and spoke at my friend's um poetry like book launch was such an honor to be invited, but I could actually show up and I wrote a speech and shared her poem and stuff like that. I can do that and I can support other people in my network because I've put stuff um, in place. So yeah, they're kind of all mushed together, learnings and reflections for next year, but also that I just, I can't do everything. And this year I said no more than I've ever said in my entire life, both, both personally and in my business. And that's why I think I was so focused and get so much done. And the more I said no, the easier it became. And now I don't even think about it. Like someone says something and even as they're speaking, 
to me. I can just, I already know it's not right for me. And obviously I hear them out and then kindly say no and then point them in a different direction. But before I'd kind of sit there and really like think about it and be swayed by stuff. I'm kind of not anymore. You've just preempted my next question, which was, yeah, about focus and being able to say no. You've put in the work though in this space, Rach, because, and we sat down together too and did some uh, goal setting and general business system thinking. And it might not have been that you necessarily ended up implementing some stuff you thought you might need, but it was really about, I think, kind of developing that skill for you, uh, developing that, those project management skills and thinking about, well, if I really do want to achieve this big thing, I'm going to have to make some sacrifices and I'm going to have to say no to some opportunities. But we've touched on this in other podcast episodes. I think as women, we maybe don't get as many opportunities. And so then when we start getting opportunities, we feel like we have to say yes to all of them because maybe there won't be more. But as you start to get busier, you can easily get distracted too. And if you start saying yes to everything, you won't really achieve anything because you're just spread too thin. And I really yeah, like that. Yeah. But I really like too that you've sort of acknowledged that, you know, stuff takes time and business is a, like it's a marathon. Like neither of us kind of subscribe to the whole overnight success thing, nor do we want it because we're trying to build something that's going to be sustainable for the long term. You know, this is a 10, 20, 30 year commitment maybe. Um, it's going to change. It's going to look different but it's going to be there in some form. We're going to be working in this space in some form. So if we like flog ourselves and try and like try and win the popularity contest, so to speak, what's that really achieving? But I'd love to hear your, uh, your thoughts on that. And maybe again, how are you dealing with the whole popularity contest a little bit, I guess, in regards to, we've touched on this for our podcast. I think, well, obviously, you know, ego, I've got an ego, we've all got egos. It's lovely um, to have people follow me. Like sometimes I wake up to like 20 DMs a day. I now go to events and people walk up to me and say, oh, I attended your workshop. I actually have people recognize me now. Um, I had someone recognize me in the street the other day um, as a part of like this radio interview. I did in a book, et cetera, like through a friend, it wasn't like, not like an absolute celeb or anything that's ridiculous but it was really weird I felt really uncomfortable but then my ego was like yes this is fantastic and I'm not gonna lie like I had these kind of weird emotions um around it and I think no one really talks about this in um business as well because all we think we need to achieve is to have like the 1,000 1 million followers and to have lots of money and have everyone know us and everyone want to work with us and stuff and that's great right but we don't talk about, I suppose, the other things that happen, like the pressure. So I talked about it um, quite a bit and a little bit in a live that I did with a good friend, um, Taylor, about launching. And we talked about this heaps this year too. So behind the scenes, just the pressure. Like I've never, I don't normally get overly anxious with business, but I started to get really, really anxious. And it was a weird anxiety. It was an anxiety around... um, doing what I said I was going to do. So I postponed my e-course launch by, um, I think it was nearly eight weeks in the end. And people were messaging me being like, where is it? 
where is it? Is it still coming? I hope it's still coming. I really want to work with you. I really want to do it. And that's lovely, right? But I've felt so anxious around that to actually finally be visible where people know who I am, expect me to be a certain way, expect me to show up, want me to produce stuff. So when I say I'm going to do things, there are literally people like waiting for it in a sense and not so much so that, you know, they're going to die without it. And I have millions of people, but I'd never had that before where people noticed if I wasn't around or noticed if I didn't respond straight away. Um, And so I think popularity is amazing, but really it's about results as we always talk about. So the results, but also how good it feels for yourself to show up. And if your business is in alignment with who you are and what you want to do. And I finally got that. And so the anxiety was easier for me to deal with and I can have boundaries and stuff. But um, yeah, it's such a really weird year for me, particularly the last few months around this popularity. I'm just, yeah, I'm going to be honest. Like my ego loved it, but then I freaked the fuck out as well because I started to feel so much weird pressure that I just didn't know how to kind of handle. So where are you now with those feelings? Like how are you kind of keeping your ego in check or are you not worrying about it? You're just kind of rolling with it. Well, I just, like with the, you know, I saw out recently, so the launch of the my course, I was, you know, obviously a little anxious to put it out there, but I just know, I just knew it was going to sell. Like I just knew that I was on point and the people who wanted it and stuff. Um, and so I kind of launched it and then removed the emotion. I'm actually quite good at um, doing this though. I kind of just removed the emotion and was like, what is my plan? What is my mission? What is my focus? I've got all my sales copy. And instead of worrying about what people were thinking of me and the outcome, I actually just sat in the moment and I would show up. So I was like, I'm going to do a live right now and do a Q&A. And then I would just focus on that. So I wasn't focusing about how many people were there, how many sales I would get. I wasn't focusing on, oh, what happens if people think I look like shit or sound like shit? I just kind of stopped focusing on all of that and just lived in the moment for a while. Um, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Probably it was okay because I already had all of the strategy and the focus around it. But that's how I removed all the ego and stress around it. Just showed up and stayed true to what I had planned and ignored everyone else, including myself, my own fear and people, you know, my own voices saying, oh, you need to do better. You only had like 15 views and stuff like that. I just ignored it all. Love it. I think that comes back to a podcast episode where we talked about our values too earlier in the year. And by setting those up front, it just flows onto everything. So, you know, it flows onto what your goals are then going to be for your business. It flows onto how you deal with difficult situations. It flows onto things like this where, okay, I'm actually like, this is working. I'm actually successful now, but am I successful in a way that is aligning to my values and does that mean that I just chill out now and, you know, maybe a bit arrogant about it or do I keep working? Like what are my values? How do I want to keep showing up if things actually start working, if people start buying? And I think actually a nice example of that is you see it with, um, take like a, a cafe. So they work really, really hard. They launch the cafe, they open the doors. People are coming in. They're doing a great job. Customer service is amazing. The food's amazing. Then they get busier and busier and busier. And the regulars are like, ah, I can't get any service around here. Like there's no one ever to serve me and the food's not as good anymore. And so do you ever worry about that, Rach, that you won't be able to provide as good service once you actually get really busy? And how does that impact how you're showing up and what you're saying yes to? 
Yeah, it's such a good example. And it's so true, right? Like how you're like, oh, this isn't good anymore. I don't want to deal with them. And that is something I've considered a lot um, this year, like how I could show up and still answer those 20 DMs as me um, in a way that feels good that, you know, is going to also be good for my, you know, students and clients, you know, so like not two weeks later, like which happens to me. And I get it why some business owners are like, send me a DM and you send them a DM and you hear back two or three weeks later, it's like a one-liner answer. And you're like, why did you even... Like to me, I'm like, why'd you even do that call out? Like you obviously don't have capacity to answer people. So don't, don't say that you will because it sets up really bad expectations um, and sort of, yeah, you can't deliver results. So for me, I want to keep the personal. I sell, serve, feel best when I'm having one-on-one conversations with people. And I, you know, have always been able to build up a pretty kind of like close-knit tribe and I'm much rather have like you know thousand one hundred people like love hanging out with me i can learn from them they can learn from me then have like a million but i don't know who they are as an example like that kind of weirds me out and even when i do speaking gigs i much prefer having um a small intimate audience so as an example when i spoke at um superwoman summit in portland i think i had like i don't know 40 people something turn up to my workshop and each pretty much each one of them lined up to speak to me afterwards and like I spoke to each one for like five minutes had photos hugged or whatever um and I was exhausted I'm not gonna lie but I love that and I'd much rather have that than finish a workshop walk off stage and people just go back to the Instagram and not like they're not have any connection so I don't know it's a hard line to balance where I'm at right now with a business-wise, financially and stuff, I'm still figuring it out, but I know that I'm always going to have that one-on-one element. I always want to show up and answer emails and stuff. And people are always surprised when I do. You can ask anyone, um, even for the e-course people sending me um, questions and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it was good. And they, I think, liked the fact that I was answering their questions one-on-one and it wasn't a random teammate. So enough about me. I feel like I've crapped on for a while. Sophia, what about you? Like, what did you learn this year? I know we talked off air that we both of us parked quite a few things this year. So around, you know, saying no, but also thinking about like business and where we want to go. And like you said, with values and stuff, like what did you park this year? And has it been good for your business? Do you think to like not try and do all the things? Yeah, but parking stuff is, again, this is where that ego thing comes in because you have to deal with thoughts of failure and you really have to be strong and remember again your values and what's important and what you're trying to achieve so if you're trying to achieve helping people and making a difference in their business which is one of my concepts values whatever you want to call it that was the way that I could deal with maybe feelings that I wasn't doing enough or I wasn't good enough when I had to park the interview series that I was doing. Now, other people externally might look at that and go, oh, you should have just finished it, like whatever. Um, And that's fine. They can think that. But at the end of the day, you just have to block that out and back yourself and be confident that what the decision you're making is right for you. And at the end of the day, like we're not doctors. We're not saving lives here, people, necessarily. Um, I'm saving so many lives. (laughs) Yeah. Each Insta post at a time. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So me like doing my blog series, who cares? Like it doesn't matter. 
Like it literally doesn't matter. Like it doesn't affect anyone. Realizing that people just don't really care about you that much. Like people are generally pretty selfish. They're not even going to notice that I didn't do that. Like I actually mm. forgot about it. <laughs> Until I reminded you, I was like, hey, you interviewed me. Like when's it out? <laughs> yeah. And like I'll still do it. Like it'll still get done and it'll probably be way better than if I just chucked it up for no good reason. Like now I actually plan it a bit better. I have better skills in that space. So I guess the, the difference for me being able to park that was that that was a, quite a new skill for me, like interviewing people. So it took quite a lot of effort and time. So you've got to be careful of like obviously not just making cop-outs. So like if I was a professional interviewer, not even professional, but like I'd done something like that before, I probably should just dig deep and finish it and make it happen and not park it. But the amount of time it was going to take away from a, what I deemed as a better opportunity, which was doing the podcast with Rachel, wasn't worth it. And it meant that I was going to do a crappy job at not only the interview series, but also the podcast. So I had to make a hard decision. Well, okay, yeah, I said I was going to do this thing, but this is a different opportunity. So I think learning to be flexible and being okay with my decisions and realizing that no one really cared as much as I cared and it wasn't impacting my clients negatively. So it didn't matter. Yeah, it's really good. And also like, I love that you said about like, you know, having to learn a new skill set and stuff too. And like you could have pushed it and put it out there, but maybe it wouldn't be so good. And I think again, you know, I'm all for same as you, so for like trying stuff, um, testing things, etc. But you do need a sort of level of credibility and quality, I think, right? Because imagine if you'd put the interviews out there and they're complete shite. I'm sure they wouldn't have been. And I know for a fact that your like ability to interview and write, um, you know, interviews with people is not shit. But imagine if it was absolute shite and you made some business owners who had agreed to be interviewed look like absolute shit. Think of how that could have actually negatively impacted your business way more than just not showing up and finishing. Like you could have had business owners like me and others being like, oh, she made me sound like crap. I'm not going to share it. And in fact, I'm going to tell everyone else I know not to be interviewed by her because it's just, it's not good. It's a waste of time. Like imagine if that had happened. And that's, again, I think what we don't talk about in business. Everyone just says, just do it. What happens if you do it and it's really not ready to be put out in the world? And then it backfires, right? Like you actually, I think, made a logical decision, but also you protected yourself and your business and you knew what you could do and what you couldn't do in that capacity. And like you said, you can do it um, next year if you really want to and no one's hurt in the process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely always take on way too much stuff. And even now I'm like, oh, I'm going to, you know, it's like Christmas. I've got time. I'm going to start this new thing. And it's like, no, just do a good job at what you're doing. See that through first, finish yes. that. And then also just take time to rest and heal and be able to show up as your best self, whatever that means in 2020. Because there's always going to be unexpected life events too that you need to have some of yourself available to provide for that. And obviously there's only so much planning you can do for that, but a really easy thing you can do is just looking after yourself and having some downtime and letting your, your nervous system relax, everything come back down, heal like your crazy mind thoughts racing around. If you're passionate about what you're doing, you're probably running at 100 miles per hour and it's really important to just bring that back down and relax. And I know a few people have been talking about the importance of boredom recently. I don't know if you necessarily need to be 
bored, but you definitely need to have some quiet time and force yourself to relax. And I actually said to um, a good friend of mine that I caught up with, see it as a challenge if you're really finding it hard to relax and actually challenge yourself to relax. And if that's like the mindset you need to make yourself relax, it's fine. (laughs) But, you know, make it happen. And then obviously you will actually genuinely relax once you kind of force yourself a bit. Um, I love that. I like I yeah, I, no, that is like so true though. Like I didn't get to relax at all. And it was a skill that I actually had cultivated in um, 2018. I spent ages, like literally like an entire freaking year getting good at boredom and having more of a balance and downtime. And that's why I, like, although I love what I've achieved in 2019, I was like, Ugh, like it was not how I wanted to do things, but it kind of happened that way. And that's why you know, I'm putting even more things in place for um, 2020 so I can be bored and roll around, as they say, on the couch and look outside and daydream because you so need that in business. And how did you, how did you manage to, to be bored, Soph, when you not only was getting settled, like really settled in a new place, but you were also going back to part-time work, getting in the mode of that and doing really like amazing things in your business and obviously the pod as well. Like how did you manage all of that because I know lots of our listeners are also still like working you know part-time jobs as well uh the drive actually was good for that so I have quite a long commute to work and back and that's kind of my forced time that I can't do anything except drive so although it is a reasonably crazy drive like traffic Brisbane traffic, anyone doing the Gold Coast Brisbane commute knows what I'm talking about. Um, It is mindless enough that I can just chill out and listen to the radio and there's um, a great radio show that I love that just cracks me up every afternoon and I would just be like almost in tears laughing at the radio hosts and if that was the only bit of like chill out time I got, even though I was still driving and concentrating, then that was what I got for the day. But for me too, 2019 was massive in terms of like obviously trying to repair my mind and deal with some stuff that had come up for me. So it was really important for me to um, make sure exercise was a big part of my routine and not skip it. So I was very strict on myself and going to the gym. But that meant that obviously you only have so much self-motivation, you're only human. So I had to really like build a strong community, community around myself that would force me and make sure I showed up to do that exercise and be really accountable about that exercise. So I think, yeah, the drive and the exercise were like my times to maybe not so much boredom, but at least let my mind not think about work and not think about business and not think about any other stresses like financial stress or family stress or friend stress or anything else that was going on. That's so good. And you're so good at keeping that up because um my exercise stopped because I was so ill, like physically, obviously with pneumonia and then I got okay. And then I was just, my body was just so exhausted. It was like, um, yeah, like my health really hasn't been good. Like um, eczema and you know, I had like bloodshot eyes, migraines, the works. And so physically I couldn't even really do much. And so, yeah, my exercise didn't sort of keep up because I normally go to the gym a couple of times a week, like you, Soph. And I've really noticed the effects of that, like, for the stress, like I couldn't sort of relax and 
get rid of physical kind of stress. And so I was like walking and stuff, but it's just not the same for me. It's like lifting weights and throwing weights around at the gym. And I just couldn't physically do it either. And so again, I kind of struggled um, to find that sort of happy medium. So I think it's so good that you kept up with that because you knew that's what you needed and you made that a non-negotiable where I made it whatever, I'll just do whatever I can, which is probably what I needed to do in the moment. But I think I suffered because of it. Yeah, this is the first year I've got that right. And the factors I would say that have helped me get that right is that for me, I don't cope well with cold climate. So being in a warm climate has been hugely helpful. We uh, get up early here. That's kind of the culture, like it's a hot place. So you get up early, start your day early, you can get your work done, you can get your exercise in. And just the general culture and vibe, I guess, of where I live is very physically active and lots of fresh food, salads, fruits, fish, that sort of lifestyle just makes it so much easier to be, for me personally, to be physically active and stick with it. But then also my, the friendships that I made at my local gym were what really were helpful for me to continue to show up because I wanted to see them. And so I would just tell myself, like, you don't even have to go work out today. You're just going to show up and say hi. But by actually, as soon as I got there, I knew that I actually would do it. And they would like kind of peer pressure me into doing it, even if I <laughs> had some excuse. So I would just, I just took the pressure off myself. I was like, I'm just going to show up like that. I'm just going to drop the bar. Like I'm just going to turn up. And then I knew that if I turned up, I would do the work and I would make it happen. And that is so applicable to business as well. Um, but also, I guess I, I haven't really talked about this so much on the podcast. I've talked a little bit about on my um, Instagram about how important routines are for me, particularly with um, mental health stuff. By staying in a really strong and strict routine, even on my days off in terms of my like morning routine is what like keeps me on the straight and narrow. And I have to be at the moment, like very strict on that. And eventually I probably won't have to be, but yeah, right now those, those sort of factors are like what makes it possible for me to still turn up in my business and, and do the do the good work for my clients. Yeah, that's a really good point because I was traveling so much, I couldn't um, maintain a kind of exercise regime or routine. So I had to learn this year to work without routine and work without my desk and without anything that's kind of like, I considered normal, you know, how you get up and have your coffee or you have your shower at this time or you have your coaching call at this time or whatever. Everything was thrown in the air for me um, probably from like August onwards. Um, Yeah, and that's been really, really interesting to kind of do because as you get busier, you need routines more in some ways but also you need to kind of get used to flexibility and it's like this weird, again, I hate the word balance, but this kind of weird place where you're trying to do both and that's been – um yeah really interesting for me to try and achieve this year and definitely something I need to practice more next year so now that you're well I mean we're doing it literally as we speak on the pod but now as we're kind of like planning for 2020 are there any major things that you want to achieve or do next year that you want to share with everyone we're not going to hold you to it shit can happen things can change over the Christmas break but yeah is there anything you want to share that you're working on Yeah. So for me, uh, next year is really about taking what I've learned from 2019 and I guess amplifying it in terms of I'll probably be in a similar position to you, hopefully in, in that I won't have to say yes to everything so much. I'm really noticing 
So the last three months, I'm getting opportunities now that are bigger, stronger opportunities that will mean I have to filter out the smaller, uh, not so relevant opportunities that aren't aligned with my goals. And so it'll be things like I'll be looking at running uh, workshops. So yeah, if you're interested in workshops, they'll be happening next year. And that's something that I realized I'm just really, I just really love doing. So it's like, why don't I do more of them? I'm weird like that. I like getting a group of people together and brainstorming and sharing my knowledge and doing it in that format. And I'd been asked by a few clients to do it. So this year will probably be the year of the workshops. And I'm pretty realistic that that's probably the main thing that will happen and that will be enough. And then that will probably form the basis of, say, a course, maybe an online course. I'm not sure yet. So I'll take the learnings from that workshop and what works best. Like it's obviously a different style of training and teaching rather than one-on-ones. So still be doing one-on-one client work as well, but probably not quite as much. I will just see how the time goes because I will still be working part-time as well. And really want to set a, like do the podcast in bulk and get that done so that we have more time for creative stuff like personally as well like I really want to be like doing more creative stuff for myself like drawing and making sure that I can do some of the fantastic things that are available up here on the Gold Coast that I want to be able to do like outdoors as well so like more surfing snorkeling so yeah really being more focused this year and I should have the financial means by which to do that and not have to say yes to absolutely everything. Which sounds amazing. That sounds like a good mix of stuff, which is what we're all trying to achieve, right? Like we want a mix of doing work, making money, so then we can go off and do the other creative projects we want to do and take care of ourselves and actually enjoy life. You know, we're not just here to work, which I think sometimes we forget. I think your workshops are going to be um, amazing too because people find goal setting um, and all of the kind of business admin strategy stuff, like they just, it's hard to do for yourself as a business owner and particularly if you're not trained in that. And we all know that we need it, right? But we kind of have these intentions at the start of the year, they're floating around our head, we kind of think about them and then we don't actually put them into practice and link them up with all the stuff that we're doing. So I kind of end up just being like crazy goals. Like you said, like, I want to make a million dollars. And it's like, well, how do you even make a hundred dollars? Like there's just no kind of context. There's no planning. There's no foresight, et cetera, which is why I think your workshop's going to be so good because so many business owners, you know, me included sometimes, we have shit floating around in our head. We actually need to lock it down, put it on paper and then implement it because so many business owners, we're not particularly good at implementing, are we? We're all about creating new stuff and not doing what we've already said we're going to do. So I think that sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's just the foundations of everything. So we'll start off with like looking at values, mission, vision, statement, work, which will then feed into creating goals that actually mean something for you and align with your values. I know there's a lot of people out there that talk about doing goal setting, but maybe they don't have the skills yet to actually create goals that are in alignment with what they want to achieve and then once you've got your goal, exactly like you said, how do you even achieve that? So it's kind of the foundation of that strategic work that needs to happen, but learning about it in a way that is actually accessible for you. So I won't be using any of that jargon that I just mentioned. It'll be 
you, you won't even realize uh, how awesome the work is that you're doing in that workshop and how powerful it can be for your business. And then you'll just be like, oh, cool. That was fun. And now I actually have a plan. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's like what I want to hear. I swear to God, if I hear one more person or see one more Facebook ad right now that's telling me I need goals for 2020 so I can make a million dollars or like 20K months, I'm literally, I don't know. I'm going to like throw my phone across the room or something because there's so much more to goal setting and planning and achievements than just making money. And I love that your workshop is going to actually like tap into like values and really what people actually want to achieve, which obviously money is a byproduct of business. It's not why we're in business. And I think if any listeners are here being like, mm, but I'm here to just make money, um, great. But that really doesn't sell. So yeah, I want to do this workshop. Maybe I should fly up and sit there. Can I, can I get a ticket, Soph? Uh, <laughs> might, be, might be sold out. <laughs> <sighs> Damn it. Like, oh, like I can figure out a way. You won't even know I'm there, I promise. You'll just be like in the bushes with those, like that big fake <laughs> moustache <laughs> with a clipboard. Oh my God. I totally can. Although like wearing all the jacket and gadgets and stuff in that kind of <laughs> weather is probably not too sexy. It'd be dripping with sweat. It'd just be, yeah, just be like you're in the shower, like just sweat coming off you. <laughs> oh, okay. Moving on from that beautiful <laughs> sweating on. in the bush. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't even know what I want to achieve for 2020. Can I be honest? I don't even yeah, know right now. Well, I mean, <sighs> and you're still I just trying to take things. a breath. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I achieved like what I planned three years ago to achieve, uh, or even like a year or two ago to achieve, I achieved all this year. Like my thing was like, I want to get an international speaking gig. That might be in like 2021. I achieved it all this year and I'm not saying that, you know, to rub in people's faces, but that it just happened that way. Like I know I did intentional shit, but I didn't really think about it. And now I'm at this really weird but beautiful point where I need to sit down and actually do like the stuff that I give my own coaching clients, like, you know, CEO manifesto and my three-year life plan that I do. I actually need to do it for myself because right now I've just got a whole bunch of ideas floating in my head. So I know that I want to get even more people through my coaching program. I want to help even more women launch, you know, create and build their signature service so they can get financial freedom. I know that I want to help as many people as I can through my course, teaching people how to do content marketing because, you know, we bang about on about this all the time you know, how you actually need content marketing and a plan to go along with your business plans. And then I want to show up and do more workshops that help people in different areas of their business from like visibility to getting published in magazines um, and publications. So like perhaps, you know, copywriting stuff I've been doing for years, just getting that in a really, really good place. But I also want to do more um, international speaking gigs where I talk both about my personal um, life, so by being homeless, writing, et cetera, and I also do heaps of workshops around the same thing, PR, marketing, comms. So maybe, I don't know, my word is for next year, you know how everyone has words and everyone's asking me. Um, maybe my word is like visibility, but also like you said, so like what I've already got, making sure that is as amazing as it can be. And I don't know how much I want to create next year versus how much I just want to really kind of, cement or get even better like I suppose put down roots with what I've already got so I'm undecided um, and I also want to go on holiday can I say that I want to like actually go on holiday and travel around the world and meet people so I know I already have to be in a speaking gig in Portland in October so I'm going to go hang out in Toronto 
with hopefully some friends and do some workshops. I'm going to go to Sydney to see some of my clients and my mates there and hopefully do some work stuff. And I'm going to go to probably Cambodia and Thailand um, and do the same thing. So yeah, that's all in my head, but I've not written any of this shit down. Yeah, write it, write it down because that to me sounds like a lot already. And you want to, yeah. as you say, be able to enjoy it and consolidate what you're doing with the courses. You know, if you think about just the admin and logistics for those alone, like that's, that's a lot of time. Plus life stuff could happen. Plus, yeah, you just want to relax and be able to like read a good book if you feel like it. You still got your memoir. Yeah, we, yeah. Need, <laughs> we need to sit down. <laughs> Yeah, I've got it all. Like I've got my like a passion planner that I'm like literally got my head out the window every five minutes if I think the postman's coming so I can get all of that because I want to write it down because it's in like this pretty yellow book that um, I've got all this stuff. I just need to sit down. But like you said, I'm actually, I've literally just been rolling around on the couch doing nothing, reading YA novels, um, going for walks and just dreaming. Like I think it's okay to just dream for a few weeks while I'm just dreaming all of these things, which I just said to you. And then I'll actually lock them down, see what's going to work, um, et cetera. Because, yeah, I, I normally travel for two to three months of the year. So that's no different, although it sounds like a lot. I do that every year. Um, and I incorporate travel and holidays with speaking gigs and stuff. And then I kind of have all these set things and then I plan around it. And then they have big points in my year. And then the time in between those big points is more um, downtime. But, yeah, my dad is still very ill. Um, so that's going to throw a spanner in the works because that could – um, change or I might need to look after him at any point. So yeah, visibility, but also focus and doing nothing. Boredom. I'm going to smell some roses next year, I think. Mm, do you like a bit of rose smelling? <laughs> <laughs> I love smelling roses. I actually smelled a lot of like leaves in Portland, which makes me sound like a weirdo. But I also like kicked around a lot of leaves because it was like autumn and I'd never seen so many like leaves and flowers and oh, it's beautiful. flowers. And I was like kicking around smelling stuff and it just smelled so amazing. Like what you'd expect autumn to smell like um, in America. And it was so good. I actually spent those weeks doing really no touristy stuff. I had a coffee. I just wandered around for hours looking at houses because I love architecture and kicking through trees. And literally a dude came out of his house. He's like, can I help you? Because I was like doing some Instagram stories and sending Seb like photos of me kicking leaves. And I was like, oh, sorry, I'm just kicking the leaves outside on the street in the front of your house. And he's like, oh, that's okay. And he heard my accent. He's like, are you, are you from here? I was like, no, I'm from Melbourne. He's like, oh, enjoy. And went back into his house. It was so weird. And I felt like such a loser. Nah. I mean, you, you can get away with it when you're on holiday, can't you? That's the one time you can just be like zero fucks. <laughs> <laughs> a kid, yeah, just running around kicking through leaves. It was fantastic. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Anyway, so let's wrap up by um, just a quick summary of the pod and how it's gone this year because a few people have been asking us, right, you know, like how many views have you got? Did you get to number one on, I don't know, Apple Podcast? What is everyone saying? And I don't know, each time we've been like, oh, where are we meant to be? I don't know, judging our pod on those things because uh, we weren't. But we judged our pod on a whole bunch of other stuff and I think we smashed our goals. So, yeah, like, what are your thoughts on how everyone expects you to sort of be aiming for, you know, number one under business on Apple iTunes or whatever? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, reflecting on the goals that we had for the podcast, one of them was to 
learn. We want it as a platform to actually support our own learning and stretch ourselves. And we got to do that. We like read heaps of different articles and research topics that we knew some stuff about, but we wanted to dig deeper into and have deep conversations and learn from each other because Rachel and I are quite different. We have very different backgrounds. We have different, quite strong opinions on different things. And it forced us to ask other people too about what they thought about certain topics. Yeah. Another goal was to have fun, which we definitely did. It's like yeah. we don't dread doing the podcast. We like thrive on it and can't wait to catch up and record a podcast. It's, you know, particularly with all the other stuff that's been going on for us, it's like fun. It's such a fun thing to do. Um, for me, something that I would like to hear more probably from people that do listen is whether we've made an impact and helped them with their businesses and maybe just life mm. stuff um, around their business because that's something that's a bit harder for us to measure. I think based on some of the comments and feedback that I've heard, we are having a positive impact in that space that we wanted to have that impact in. So I think that's really promising. So they're probably the main things for me that I feel like are my success factors for the podcast. I could not give two shits where we're rating. I get that that's important to then get exposure so people can find us, but it's definitely not like a measure of success for me. It's, I get that it's important to share the message, but it's not the driving factor of why I'm doing this. What about you, Rach? Yeah, totally. Like that was not a factor for me um, at all. And I mean, we can think about it more next year when we do our pod planning. We can update you guys on that and the episodes and stuff we'll be doing and our focus for next year when, I don't know, (laughs) we do the planning for that after we do our own business planning. But another thing for me is that I wanted it um, to be a large part of my um, content marketing strategy. I wanted it to help me attract and, you know, get to know ideal clients, dream clients. And it definitely has done that for me. So I've actually secured um, work off the back of the podcast, um, which was like a goal. It wasn't a huge goal. And then that's definitely going to be a bigger goal for me um, next year. So it goes to show how, you know, you might not be ranking the top, but if you're making you know, money in different ways from your podcast. If you're connecting with people, if you're changing people's lives um, and helping people in their business, feeling not so alone, which I know Sophie and I, that was like one of the big ones. We wanted people to not feel so alone and to be able to talk about these hard things. And I think we're definitely um, like meeting them and they can be other th- measurements for success in your business and for projects like your um, podcast. We've got to stop making it be about how fast you did something or how much money you made. Um, because, yeah, like I, being able to track my dream clients and being able to do it by showing up and having fun with Soph on this pod and talking about things I care about is like the best sales and marketing strategy in the world. Like I couldn't think of anything better and more enjoyable. Um, and, yeah, like we haven't even rated. Like I don't even think we've got any ratings or whatever. But people send us DMs and tell us how much they love the pod and they share it and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe it comes back to that... Um, you know, behind the scenes kind of like success measurement versus, you know, the, the face, like everyone's talking about likes, but really it's about like DMs on Instagram um, and about clicks and website clicks and money. Like you can have a hundred followers on your podcast if you're making heaps of money and attracting the right people and having, you know, changing people's lives. That's way more successful than rating for a week and then no one ever listens to your podcast again because let's be honest, that seems to happen a lot for people's pods. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just, I mean, it makes me angry having the wrong measures of success. And that, again, is something that I really want to 
help educate people on this year is how do you measure your goals and how do you measure them in a way that is actually aligns to your values, but it's also useful for your business. So yeah, definitely. And I think like for me, like around the content marketing piece, that is something I need to improve on. And I, I know that. And it's also been hard for me to show up with the podcast all the times I've wanted to, because I've had some stuff going on. Uh, that has been a big distraction from that. So that's a personal goal for me next year is to just be in a space where I can be organized and I can show up and I can work on the podcast as much as I actually want to be able to, because sometimes, Hey, you just can't do something as much as you want. Um, Yeah. And like, we've had to be really flexible with that, which has been frustrating for both of us because it is a big part. It is meant to be a big part of my content marketing strategy as well. And I feel like I need to do better with that. So that is going to be one of my personal goals, I guess, from, the podcast content because I really believe in what we're creating and I think you know we put in so much effort to it there's always things that can be improved like we're going to work on the audio quality but we uh, you know one of our things that we say is like done over perfect and we still think we're putting out a good product but we just know that it can be improved again next year and, and we'll do that but if we try to make it like studio quality from the get-go we never honestly I don't think we would have we wouldn't have done it because it was just too hard at that point with what else was going on in our lives and business what do you think around that that done over perfect piece with the podcast Rachel and, and how we can take that forward into the new year yeah well it's definitely something you know we follow all the time and something I teach all my coaching clients and something that I really practiced this year I had to done over perfect is like the best saying ever and I recommend all women particularly women of business really think about if they can do this if they've got things that are holding them back so we wanted yeah high quality we wanted well researched we wanted to do it right from the get-go to practice you know website branding partnership etc we already bit off like a huge um chunk and you're right if we'd try to make it studio quality i don't think we would have done it but also i'm not really sure i mean correct us if we're wrong listeners but i'm not even really sure you guys want necessarily like studio quality like i don't think you want us to sound like a radio production like some of the other pods we listen to you know that like are done by like abc and stuff like that because um that's not really us either like i'm literally sitting right now in my pajamas at home surrounded by my plants and coffee cups and notebook and shit like that like that's how i work and how i show up and stuff and i think you know from the messages that we've got um you really like that about this pod and our approach to work. So, I mean, correct us if we're wrong and you want us to hang out in a studio, we might consider that. But I don't know, like sometimes it's also remembering how you want to show up and what you want to do and what your dream clients want because it doesn't have to be perfect all the time. Like, I mean, we watch like shaky cam videos on YouTube and we love it and we watch a whole bunch of other people who aren't perfect on, you know, Instagram stories, you know, emails might have spelling mistakes and occasionally you're, it's okay to be human and not be perfect. So I don't know if it'd been too perfect. I think maybe we wouldn't have had the results we want so far. I don't know if I would have, would have wanted to show up to be honest, because I had so much pressure elsewhere to show up. Um, The thought of coming to this pod and having to, I don't know, even brush my hair or something might have might have thrown me over the edge and I don't know if I would have showed up to do this exactly <laughs> sorry I'm just laughing at that <laughs> it's true though I'm just it's laughing um I'm, I'm picturing you just throwing the the hairbrush in disgust <laughs> <laughs> seriously I don't know does anyone else do this where they literally plan washing their hair with what they have to do for the week 
because I got that bad this year where I was like, oh, I just don't want to have to like have a shower and blow dry my hair right now. Maybe I was like exhaustion and then I was like 10 times past that. But um, yeah, I just was like, no, I just want to show up how I am with like bags on my eyes because all I've got to give right now is like results and stuff. Like if I have to worry about yeah, blow drying my hair out, that would be half my energy gone. Yeah, no, I think that's fine. <laughs> we have to prioritize. We can't do it all. <laughs> yeah, don't get so tired, guys. Like me, we're blow drying your hair as an ordeal. Seriously, like back. This is anyway. um, this is giving me uh, giving me uh, cheese story. Uh, oh. moments. I can't yeah, even use my words. Che- yeah, if you don't know what cheese story is, guys, you need to listen to. It's the decision making pod, right? Or my cheese story. The highlight of my career was the cheese story. So you need to go check that out. Or you can read it on my about page on my website. I um decided to share it with the world because it's just that good that it's badly good. Yeah. Anyway. So what cool. was your favorite? Like to finish up, what was kind of your favorite episode or moment from the podcast series season one this year? Um, I think my favorite moment was getting DMs about the pricing and payment episode with people thanking me for being so honest about my approach to business and money and how I um, talked about making profit in that episode. So if remember, and then I think even at the end or even off air, I was like, oh my God, I just talked about making profit. Does that make me gross? And we're both like, no, that's like business, right? And people um, really thank me for that, for that honesty. So that was great. But I think my favorite episode that we recorded together, um, I really like actually ageism that is out um, as we're speaking, recording this podcast. Um, so it's out the 23rd of December. Um, I really like that because obviously you know that I rant about ageism all the time. And I think that was a really, what we talked about in the pod was a really kind of powerful message and lots of people have been talking about that recently online so I think it's going to be really useful for people to um, listen to our kind of conversation and we didn't agree with everything and we both again we're really honest and open about our struggles and how we've used age um, you know to help us with our business but also how it's made things a little bit harder so um, those are the two favorite moments for me what about you? So I didn't expect how valuable it would be for me to be reflecting on kind of how I'd been going in my business and the podcast has forced me to do that and that's been, from a selfish perspective, amazing. And then I've just, I've really loved, again, hearing from people and hearing about their favourite episodes, their favourite moments. It's often really surprising to me what has resonated the most and helped people I think pricing, it's unsurprising that that was so popular because I think we don't talk about money enough as women in business. And then I've also loved so much that the research we've done for episodes, I've learned so much because I think maybe the wisdom episode was really powerful for me again around, well, not wisdom, so it wasn't the wisdom episode, but again around ageism Mm -hmm. and, but learning about like, what is wisdom? How do we define that? And how do we look at that for women in business? So that was really powerful for me. Um, and then my, probably my favorite episode though, actually is the uh, intro episode where I just got to learn more about Rachel and her journey, because I think often we don't talk enough about actually our journey and how many years and experiences and rejections and what's happened along the path in business 
to get us to this point in time and how hard and how much work we've had to put in again trying to get away from that overnight success scenario and just make it real baby (laughs) yeah actually that was another faith for everyone which I was kind of surprised about I was like oh we're just crapping on about ourselves um but yeah everyone really liked it I think you're right because we were really honest and open about our like journey so far and I've definitely not been an overnight success so um you know with all definitions from the traditional to perhaps what a lot of us kind of define as um success so yeah that was really cool um to talk about and hopefully this episode although it hasn't been as structured as our other ones um will also be really useful because we're kind of just really breaking it down in the moment um and just being again really open and honest so I think the reflection for this um episode for me like what you're saying so for me just hearing you talk about how you really guarded your like space around like health and taking care of yourself made me realize that I um even though I was sick and couldn't maybe lift weights at the gym maybe I should have guarded the you know the walking time or the 20 minutes that I needed um you know to sit and reflect I was just constantly interrupted my phone no shit was just going off every second from like my dad to my brother to clients to coaching clients to speaking gigs it literally didn't stop from about August um and I probably should have guarded that a little bit more and been a bit more strict so thanks for sharing that because that's made me realize I can totally do that next year I've even turned off notifications on my phone which I won't always do but for the next few weeks, I have a social media break. And it's literally changed my world because my phone is kind of like dead in a sense. It's just sitting there. I don't feel like I need to be attached to it um, anymore. So, yeah, thanks for sharing your journey this year, Soph. No worries. And, yeah, big fan of turning off the notifications. But just remember you have turned them off and turn them back on again when you need them. <laughs> Unlike yeah. me, who completely forgot and missed some emails earlier this year. So that's a learning <laughs> as well whoopsies uh yeah um thank you so much Rach I've just another awesome chat and uh yeah I'm pretty much losing my voice so might might have to wrap it up oh god that was a bit croaky yeah let's let's wrap it up so we'll see you guys in the new year if you have any comments feedbacks reflections um that you'd like to share with us as always we would love to hear them please send us a dm on um, instagram i made a thing podcast is our handle you can check us out on our website too i made a thing um, podcast or we've also got our individual accounts if you want to kind of send us um, a dm separately but yeah we're going to plan over the next few weeks and we'll come back with our season two more good stuff and um yeah we look forward to showing up next year with you all yeah and just another shout out for our show night show notes on the website because there is so many free resources in there we link to a heap of good stuff so if you take your business learning seriously and you really want to you know up your game and you find this stuff fascinating like we do i strongly encourage you to go and look at the show notes oh my goodness by voice by rachel <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so anyway instagram website you know where we are um we'll catch us in the new year bye well, it will be the new year by the time we <laughs> yeah. release this so see you in feb maybe <laughs> bye 2020 bring it on i'm excited <laughs> <laughs>